Hi, welcome to my podcast. This is Exploring the Divine Feminine. I'm your host, Ramona Sidaway, and this is episode number 25 of season two, which is pretty awesome. Um, today, I wanted, uh, first of all, most of the things that I talk about, I talk about women um, and the priesthood and mother in heaven and uh, female empowerment, um, anything that has to do with women within the context of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I'll refer to things like the temple, um, uh, missionary work, priesthood, things like that. If you have something that you would like me to talk about on, on this channel, just email me at RamonaSidaway at gmail.com. It's always in the show notes. You can go to my website, RamonaSidaway.com. I have written a book called We Are Adam, The Partnership of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and What It Means for You. And I just talk everything about partnerships between men and women. And um, it's Christmas coming up and it's a fabulous gift. Every person who has ever purchased my book has come back for more to give to their sisters, their daughters, their mothers, their friends. There is a sealer, um, I don't know his name, in the Houston Temple that uses my book and he gives them to all of the new couples that he seals. So it's a, um, I've done a lot of research on it and I really encourage you to to get that book. And I refer to some things in my episodes about that book. Today, I wanted to talk about the unveiling of women. And, um, you know, this last week in Doctrine and Covenants, Come Follow Me, we studied um, at the time of this recording, DNC sections 137 and 138. And 138 is the revelation received by Joseph F. Smith about the um, spirit world and missionary work and things that were done there. And I, I kept thinking about that and it just seems like that, especially ever since the restoration um, through Joseph Smith, that the veil has been thinning so much between us and heaven, between us and Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's that prophecy, and I should have looked up the reference, but I didn't, about how, um, you know, uh, old men will dream dreams and women will dream dreams and um, how the there's going to be so much more prophecy and revelations in the latter days. And while we do honor and believe that there is only one prophet for the entire church, for the world, and that's um, President Nelson at this time, that we are all prophets and prophetesses for our own sphere, for our our life, and for the stewardships that we have in our life, whether it's our families, our ministries, um, whatever it is that pertains to our sphere of influence. And uh, we don't receive revelation for the church, but we receive revelation for our our lives. So the, there's an, a great unveiling that I feel like. And um, first of all, we want to talk a little bit about the misconceptions of veils, like the physical veil. And for anybody that has been in the church for very long and has gone through the temple, 
um, there is a certain a part where women used to veil themselves and um, now we no longer do that. And I, I can't speak for those cultures and those religious orders that um, where the women are veiled, but if we look at the scriptures, the veil, there's a misconception that, that people think veils are meant to protect what is behind the veil, like the woman. The woman's wearing a veil that is meant to protect her. But if you study the scriptures, you'll see that it's not meant to protect what's behind the veil. It's meant to protect what's outside of the veil. Now let's look at um, Moses, for example, when he went up onto Mount Sinai and he got the tablets and the, the Ten Commandments. When he came down after speaking with, um, with the Lord, this is in Exodus 34. And if we start, let me see, around verse 29, that's kind of where it starts. And um, he, when he came down from the mount, Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So basically, Moses didn't realize the effect that talking with the Lord had on his face and that it was, it was so dazzling and so bright that it freaked out the Israelites down below and they were scared. And so um, the children, the children of Israel, the Israelites asked him to please cover his face, to veil his face, because they weren't ready for that. See, originally they had been invited with, with Moses to go up and speak with the Lord themselves. I mean, imagine that, all of these, um, how many were there, thousands of, of, of people, and he said, come on up, we're gonna all go up and talk to the Lord, and they weren't ready. They were um, felt afraid, They maybe they felt unworthy, it just wasn't the time for them. So he said, okay, I'll go up by myself. So it wasn't to protect Moses. Moses was able to talk with God. It was to protect the, the Israelites that didn't have that experience, who were not yet ready for that experience with God. And so it was veiled. Um, we also look at the Holy of Holies in uh, the temple, in the, especially the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Holy of Holies, or you know, in our modern temples, the, the celestial room, we call it, it's covered with the veil. And um, a lot of that is symbolic, but is it really to protect that room? Was it to protect the Holy of Holies? If we remember and we read in the different scriptures in the Old Testament, that anybody who was so at one time only the high priest was allowed to go into the holy of holies and only once a year on the day of atonement and if anybody else entered they were zapped i mean they were i don't know how they were killed or how it happened but they were not allowed to go in there um so if you're not prepared it you there it, you will be in a sense, uh, stopped. Um, you have to have be far along in your progress to be able to enter 
and cross through certain veils and to meet into the presence of the Lord. And that's what all of these um, examples with Moses, with the Holy of Holies, and with women, it's not that they needed to protect it, protecting, it was whoever was on the outside because they weren't ready for that power. Now, since that time, things have changed. And I really see that there is an unveiling of women. In, um, in Revelation, we read, and I think it's in chapter 9, I might have to look that up, but where it talks about the woman fleeing to the wilderness. She gave birth to a man-child, and then she fled to the wilderness. And she was given the wings, she fled on the uh, wings of an eagle. Well, she is returning, and we know that part of that symbology is about the church, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ. We understand that. But uh, scriptures and symbolism, it almost always has more than one meaning, right? And part of that, I really believe it's about women, that we are finally emerging out of the wilderness, that either we as a people are prepared and or it is time that the world really needs our power. And um, in a sense, our power has been veiled over the centuries. Not, um, we've been doing a great amount of good and we have um, a lot of history of historical women that have used a lot of their intellect and their, um, their God-given abilities and talents to bless the world, bless their families. So I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about this partnership that's finally coming back together and merging between men and women, between um, the feminine aspect of the priesthood. And we see glimpses of that. We enter into that, that doorway when we enter into the patriarchal order the uh, new and everlasting covenant of marriage. Now, for people that have been through the temple, we all know you don't have to be married. You can go through, for instance, and uh, for proxies, you can do proxy sealings and, and proxy baptisms, proxy endowments. There's, We are a people who very much believe in serving our ancestors as well as serving the people on this side of the veil. And so women, married or unmarried, are able to do proxy sealings. But um, that sealing between a man and a woman, they enter into the new and everlasting covenant of marriage, or what's known as, um, in, these, in this time of restoration, the patriarchal order. And I've talked about this in the past where um, when we think of it in Old Testament terms, the patriarchal order just merely meant that they could trace their line, that the priesthood was handed down from father to son, father to son. And now in this day of restoration, it means uh, man and woman entering into the highest order of the priesthood together. And, and that begins their partnership. Um, we also yearn for partnerships um, outside of marriage. I mean, you know, ward councils, um, 
people working together in and outside of the church. We're seeing more and more of that. Um, when the woman escaped into the wilderness, um, it was a time of protection for her as well. But I think it was also a time when the world was not ready for that full power. And the different amazing, very fast changes that have been happening within the gospel, um, within the church, has opened my eyes so much and in that the hastening of this work he's bringing women out of obscurity even more um, the world needs women more than ever the world needs women to stand up to declare boldly what it means to be a woman to declare boldly what it means to be a daughter of Eve, a daughter of heavenly parents, a sister in Christ, what it means to um, have a female body and a female spirit, how we can stand up for those principles. Now is a time our power is needed, and it's time we are emerging from the wilderness, you know. Um, our veils have been lifted and we see more and more of the veil being um, it's not really necessarily being lifted but it's becoming thinner and the communication with the divine is it's more uh, it's more readily available and I, I think it's exciting it's a great and exciting time We also think about our heavenly parents and you know we have been taught since we were young that when we were born when we left our heavenly parents presence and we came to this mortal world that have, um, there was a veil of forgetfulness put over our minds and that veil was a protection not to protect heavenly father and heavenly mother but protect us um, we are still in a time of, of great accountability. And once we enter back into their presence, that accountability and that time for repentance will have escaped. And we need to use every available <clears throat> moment we have to repent, to prepare ourselves. And we know that it's not just in this life that there's gonna be some time, I don't know how much and what that entails. Uh, for change and repentance. I know that learning continues and if you read DNC 138 you see that that it doesn't matter if you were righteous or unrighteous if you were rebellious or if you didn't know about the gospel every single person continues to learn and even the righteous people continue to learn more about the gospel I, I find that so exciting um, this is a time for our feminine power um, I think we should review the proclamation to the family. Satan's tactics on women have, he's targeted women from day one. He started with Eve, right? And his tactics have changed over the centuries, but it's always targeted women and by extension, the family. Um, and some of those tactics are, this false sense of freedom that he thinks he's offering 
um, women. He's always offering something that's so false, and he thinks that um, he 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 preys upon the the deepest recesses of our heart and what we what we want, and but he's offering um, a counterfeit to what will really help us obtain what's in our heart. So Eve, um, she wanted to be more like her heavenly parents. She wanted children. And he offered, he said, ah, I've got a shortcut. You know, there, you don't need to wait for, for heavenly father to, to hand you the fruit. I'm, I'll do it. Here, just take it from me. And uh, you can have, you can be exactly like your, our hem, the heavenly parents. And of course, we know that there are no real shortcuts to anything. Some of these tactics that he's used on women is thinking that we can, that they can get that we can get freedom through abortion. We can get freedom through um, changing our gender, even if it's just for a. It's so artificial. Uh, and there's no real freedom in that. It just is more chains and more bondage. He tries to distract us um, from having families, from marriage. And even once we have those children, the constant distractions that come into our lives. And I, I, I'm not at all getting down on women who have worked or are working or going to school or anything like that has this has nothing to do with that it's more of following the world rather than following the lord when you make your choices about the family we are powerfully connected to the divine in a way that men just just aren't I mean, they are con connected to, but women statistically are more spiritual in general. I'm speaking in generalities. I know some very spiritual men. Um, we are um, statistically more religious, and it, it doesn't really matter what religion, especially um, Christian religion, but I assume it's other religions as well. And um, more women tend to join the church. Um, it's just in our nature. It's in our nature to be uh, connected and to want to have a stronger connection to that divinity, the, the divinity that's in, within us. And we are, we were that way before we received our spiritual bodies. And I think it was added onto us when we received those spiritual bodies because it was based upon, you know, which gender we were leaning towards. And so gender is, it's a gift. It's a huge gift. And yes, there are some things that we might get frustrated with, with our own gender or with the opposite gender. But through God, everything is works out the way it's supposed to. I, um, when we lived in Angola, it's been, it's been, I don't even remember what year we left, but they had a civil war and it lasted from 1975 to 2002. That's a long time. 
they had um, won their independence from the Portuguese. It started in the mid-60s, ended in 75, and then immediately civil war started because it couldn't decide who was going to be the leader of their, this, this new independent country. Right after that, and I was interviewing an author who wrote a book about Angola um, in the peace process. And it wasn't in the book, but I was just talking to him about forgiveness and, and how that factored into uh, the Civil War and the end of it and people, you know, different tribes getting along with each other and political parties, etc., etc. And he told me a very interesting story, and I don't remember how we got on the subject, but he was talking about the women. And he said the women were really the most instrumental in the peace process and in forgiveness. Now, um, he said that that was an interesting um, concept because they don't really have, uh, they don't really have an understanding of what forgiveness is. Because, and then you ask somebody, um, well, have you forgiven, you know, uh, the other party, the other person? And they don't really understand what you're saying and they just well, I just moved on so and he noticed this when he was um, doing research for his book but he talked about at the end of the Civil War as is usual and in most wars there are wandering soldiers and they didn't have well they didn't have jobs to go back to they had been fighters for so long and they would take advantage of the most vulnerable part of the population, that was women and children. Um, stealing from them, um, sexually abusing them, I mean, really some horrific things. But what was interesting, it was the women of the communities that st stood up to these guerrillas stood up to these soldiers that were um, lost and listless and they just basically said listen what you're doing you're you're doing it to your moms you're doing it to your sisters you're doing this to your daughters do you really want to continue doing this and so they put it in the context of a family and it worked and it the um, the soldiers just started feeling horrible they realized what they were doing and it, it ended. Now, of course, I'm doing a Reader's Digest version of it. I'm sure it took a little bit longer, but it was the women in the community standing up to these very scary soldiers, a vulnerable part of the community standing up to very scary soldiers and making a difference and protecting their community and doing it in a way that was in their skill set in a way that they were gifted um, and they were able to touch those hearts and to convince those soldiers to choose another path. I'm sure there's more to that story but I, I just love that idea. So what I want to encourage all of us to do is to we've already had the veil removed for um, communication we can communicate with the, the divine we have that within us we have that divinity within us and for us to remove any obstacles or veils that we may have that we may have put on ourselves 
so that we can be a better, uh, stronger force for good, for the gospel, for our communities, for our families, that we can be those mothers of all living. We, and nurturing goes far and beyond rocking a baby, though that's a, that's a, a beautiful moment. Nurturing is building. Nurturing is weaving. It's building bridges. It's, it's bridging the gap between people, between generations. And we are a force for good, just like those Angolan women. Um, it's time. The world needs our power. We are coming back. We have healing in our wings as we're returning and coming out of the wilderness. And I just encourage you to find that niche that you have, the niche, if that's how you say it, of where you can put your most good, your most power to stand up. And it's going to mean something different for every person. Um, find your personal ministry. If right now, uh, it's raising your children. That's amazing. That's the most important place you can be right here and right now and i can't even express how important your calling is as a mother and i know it's hard it's frustrating and it's day in and day out and you think what possibly can good can this do or bad can this do and children have a way of, of coloring on their hearts of all of that um my computer shut down for a sec the their hearts are colored on with your actions with your attitudes with your love the number one thing you can do with your children is to make sure that they know you love them and you know mistakes are going to be made and then if you're not in the process of raising children, if you're a single woman, to the single sisters, I want to testify to you that this life is not just a placeholder. You are meant to be here at the certain time, in the certain phase that you're in. You're meant to serve because every phase we go through is temporary every single one and we have to look at the phase we're in and find what it is that God wants us to do with it um, we're not waiting for what's around the corner we're not waiting for kids to grow up or health to return or um, education to be finished we have a sphere of influence right now in this very minute. We are a powerful force for good. We are divine feminine. I am so grateful that you join me for my podcast. Please uh, leave a comment, sub hit the subscribe button, and please leave a review. Um, I am so grateful to be able to have this opportunity of sharing my testimony and sharing the things that I learned um, the, of what I'm writing and what I'm researching. It's a passion of mine, especially 
finding and showing people, showing women their power. It's not about um, female empowerment because that, to me, that sounds like you are taking power that you don't have. You have that power. I have that power. It's a realization of that power and using it the way God would have us and ignoring those distractions that Satan brings of, of he is, has, um, like I said, it's fake. It is uh, artificial of what he is trying to offer. It, it, there are flimsy fig leaves. He offers flimsy leaves and God has offered us robes of righteousness. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you have a question, if you want me to address something in future podcasts, then just go to my website. You can contact me there. But in the meantime, have an awesome, awesome day. God bless.